Well, the stars lined up in the last few days over sheds in Kilkenny and Leash to witness the birth of two new farm leaders at more or less the same time. The IFA concluded its lengthy trial by election for a new president resulting in the election on Wednesday of Francie Gorman. Uh, sorry, it was on Tuesday, actually, wasn't it? Whereas Dennis Drennan got the walkover last Friday when he was elected head of the dairy organisation, the ICMSA. So what are we looking at here? A new generation with a new approach to the issues of the day or the king is dead, long live the king. Pat O'Toole from the Farmer's Journal joins me now. Um, With the exception, Pat, of the election for president of the country, there's probably no more gruelling election than that of the IFA presidency. Uh, Absolutely. 942 branches, every single branch its own election, even though the the system has changed, tradition dictates that um, the branch vote is coveted. uh, the uh, I suppose three phases to the campaign since the candidates emerged in the summer they hit every show every fair uh, in the country over the summer months then um, after the ploughing it went into the hustings <clears throat> there were 17 head-to-heads around the country between the two presidential candidates the two deputy presidential candidates and culminating in the debate we hosted online in the Farmers Journal and then we went into the voting, uh, 940 branches voted, but also this time there was a postal vote. So people received their ballot in the post. You could bring it to the branch vote there or you could post it back in an envelope provided. What sense did you get from the hustings and from watching it all that closely as to why these two men, Martin Stapleton and Francie Gorman, wanted the job? Um, it's an extraordinary thing. I, I suppose... In the broader context, there's a huge volunteer force within IFA. Um, There are 17 national committees with representatives from every county on each committee uh, across the sectors, such as sheep, uh, livestock, dairy, uh, but also across cross sectors, such as the Environment Committee, uh, the Farm Business Committee, uh, the Farm Family Committee. And uh, so... um, there's a huge level of voluntary representation within IFA and people come in to do a small job and as happens in organisations like that, um, busy people get asked to do more and more and more and some people see the top prize as, as attainable at a certain point. I've known both Francie Gorman and Martin Stapleton for quite some time and I don't know at what point they decided they wanted to do it, but it's a huge commitment. Um, this time last year, it was on, I think, Stephen's day, Francie Gorman broke his leg and he had a couple of months to sit and contemplate what he wanted to do. Uh, and I think that was probably decisive in, in propelling him okay. into the race. Uh, in terms of uh, why anyone gets involved in a voluntary organisation anymore, it's a huge question because it does affect their farm. Like these people get up in the morning run around as quick as they can, leave instructions for whoever is being left in charge while they're away. And it's not a family member anymore. The big family unit uh, no longer exists. You're talking about um, most farmers are operating on their own with some hired in help. um, And that's usually casual and temporary. So uh, they go away for the whole day to agitate on behalf of their fellow farmers. Will Francie Corman (laughs) be different to Tim Cullinan, his predecessor, do you think? Yes, um, I think he will. Um, Tim Cullinan is an extremely nice man um, and uh, uh, someone who uh, I, I think has, I, I, I would consider him a, a gentleman. But Francie Gorman is an extrovert. Tim is quite introverted. Francie is very outgoing. He's very good at working the room. If he's at an event, everyone sees him. Uh, I think that stood to him in the campaign and it will be interesting to see how he brings that 
uh, personality, a boisterous personality to bear in, in his presidency. Um, he will also have the bounce, I suppose, of having a deputy president who will attract a lot of um, interest outside the farming community because Alice Doyle is the first woman to have been elected to either of the two national positions in the history of the IFA. And uh, I think that that will add a, a new flavour to the, 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 the new uh, team at the top. The future of the nitrates derogation, very much that one of the big things that's going to be uh, on the agenda as he gets his feet under the desk. Some are planning on a future without it. What's Francie Gorman's plan? Uh, I think his plan is to oppose any further reductions. Um, he made that clear during the campaign and the broader environmental tightening uh, and regulatory tightening around farming is something that the IFA will be fighting on an issue by issue basis in, in the short term. But I think what they really need to do is to develop a broad plan. So the Environment Committee elected a new chairman, John Murphy from Cork on Thursday, and him and his committee will be pivotal if the IFA are going to have a coherent plan, because so far it's been piecemeal. They're opposing every single proposal that comes forward from government or from Brussels uh, on principle. And uh, the, without some kind of a an counter plan, uh, that is progressive and positive and mm. reaches into the future, I think they're on a losing ticket. So. Well, what is the feeling within the IFA about that? Is it smart politics to oppose everything on point of principle? Um, it, it's smart politics in an election year. So we've had a lot of that this year. Now the elections are over and it's a four-year term. It used to be a two-year term. So we now have a four-year term instead of two two-year terms. So that means the Francie Gorman, Alice Doyle and all the other top table um newly elected people don't have to electioneer no they don't and they can get down to some uh, some hard talk internally as well as externally about the realities of what um, the shape of farming is going to be and the level of support that farmers are going to get for the challenges they face now, the IFA uh, declined our and other invitations for its new man Francie Gorman to come on countrywide he's not going to be doing interviews they say until he takes office in January formally no such formalities for the ICMSA's man Dennis Drennan who invited me to his farm just outside Kilkenny to talk about what he hopes to do with the job in the next three years why did you go for the job? Why did I go for it? Um, I suppose it's something I'm passionate about. Um, I think the organisation is um, its a very bottoms-up organisation. Everybody's view is valued. There's no top-down approach to who's right and who's wrong. What do you hope to achieve, though, in your time there? I'd hope that the divide that's developing there between the general public and farming community can be bridged and that we can work together. We need to sit down and have a mature conversation. Dennis's farm is hemmed in by the River Nore on one side and some of the steepest prices per hectare for land on the other side, which has put an effective break on his business changing size. Uh, just farming, a very small family farm. My father bought the farm here back in the early 60s. I uh, was told he should be sent to a mental asylum because he paid £100 an acre for it back in 1960. <laughs> and he was told there was, there was no land ever worth that like. And uh, the field in front of him, his home house at home, has just been sold for 30000 an acre. So things have changed a fair bit. I milk 60 cows. I have 60 acres here. I rent a small uh, couple of pieces of land. They're coming under threat at the moment. So it's a very volatile time. The reason the reason I ask that question is that I'm interested in who you think you're going to be representing in the ICMSA. 
the farmer with 60, 90 cows and the farmer with six or 700 cows. Who do you see yourself representing? Well, I suppose we represent the family farm model. Everybody has this vision that everybody has three or 400 cows, but the majority, the average number of cows on a farm in Ireland is probably somewhere around 90. There's over 80% less than 120 cows. So that's where the model is in, in Ireland at the most, the family farm model. Okay, there are people that have gone and expanded greatly and have second platforms and third platforms, but they're a very small minority. And is there a home for them in the ICMSA? Absolutely. There's loads of farmers out there with three or 400 cows and their animal husbandry is equally as good as the farmer with 30 or 40 cows. I was curious about what kind of a negotiator Dennis thinks he is. Protest first and talk second, or make sure you're always in the room and talking. I mean, I think the day of protest and and jumping up and down and banging tables is over. We need to go in and have a rational, honest discussion about where things are and where things are going and the effect and the knock-on effects of different decisions. Are you telling me that you see yourself always being inside the room rather than outside the room protesting on a point of principle? You don't gain a huge amount by being outside in the freezing cold in the rain protesting. Uh, if you're inside, you can negotiate, but people have to accept the science. Like The farmers have been used as a scapegoat in all these things, like let's get rid of cows and let's everybody continue to drive around in their cars willy-nilly, going to, the, going to the shop two or three times a day and going here and going there, and let's continue to go on our stag parties all over Europe and fly on five holidays a year. Do you not see you're doing the classic... Don't look at us, look no, at them no, over no. there. No, no, I think farmers, if you look at what the changes that farmers have implemented in the last probably five to ten years when this has started to become a problem, every new technology that's been made available to farmers has been embraced. Does embracing the science, does deciding that you want to be led by the science mean that the ICMSA is going to invest in backroom PhD level knowledge that you're going to put people on the payroll, environmental scientists on the payroll. Yep. At the moment we're, we're in the process of recruiting an environmental scientist to, to, to ex- examine this because that's where it's gone. I mean, look, at we're being, I th- we're being over-targeted and I think if, if the public don't accept that farmers are doing everything they possibly can to do their part, but everybody else needs to do their part as well. Milking had finished by the time I arrived at half eight in the morning, so as Dennis gave me a whistle-stop tour of the farm, I threw a few speed-dating-type questions at him. One-word answers, please. Favourite breed of cow? Friesian, British Friesian. Favourite job on the farm? Milking, most peaceful place to be. Whistle while you work or Spotify? Radio, if possible. Keep in touch with what's going on in the world. That's the right answer. Well done. It was a trick question, wasn't it? Um, Favourite saying? Uh, let there be no panic. Favourite tractor? Massey. That's, That's very old school. Massey Ferguson, yeah, I grew up with it. I'm not into the sexy John Deere's, but uh, I can't afford them anyway, so the Massey is going to have to do. His Massey Ferguson sucking diesel redirects the conversation once again to bringing farming in line with Ireland's climate targets. If Dennis Drennan is going to be led by the science, as he says he wants to be, this will be a very tricky needle for him to thread in the next three years. If you're a farmer and you're doing everything you possibly can and you're still being told by certain sections of the community that you have to do more and you have to call your herd and you have to do this, do they realise we have to live? If you're not economically viable, you can't be environmentally sustainable. 
The difficult balancing act for you, though, is that the science says we need all, not just the farming community, we need, all of us need to move an awful lot faster. And if you don't, you run the risk of losing your social licence. On the other hand, so much is being asked of farmers, they feel that not enough credit is being given, that they're in a place where they're just about to sort of throw their hands up and walk away from it. How do you provide leadership in that situation? What the general public have to accept is that there was a target set for the farming sector for 19% reduction in emissions. When that target was moved from 19% to 25%, farmers are, are doing everything they possibly can to reach those targets. No other sector has done that. A lot of farmers are doing all that they can, but then the public look at some farmers who are not as engaged as they might be, and they think that that is representative. What do you say to those guys who aren't doing all that they should? There's just going to be have to be it's just going to have to be enforced on those people that they, that they, they have to come on the journey with us all. Now we do need incentives. There is, there, as I said, like we've been driven in a certain direction for 60 years. Um, we need to turn the ship, we need to change it. Every other sector has been incentivised. If you want to put solar panels on your roof of your house, there's, there's incentives for that. If you want to get an electric car, there's incentives. And if the government are serious about uh, wanting farmers to do their, their part, they need to incentivise farmers the same as they incentivise every other sector. One of the big issues that's going to be facing you now in the first year or two is the future of the derogation. The way that Taoiseach is talking in the last couple of weeks, it looks like somebody has told him, or at least he's thinking about planning for a future without that derogation. What are you going to do about that? Well, I think, like I said again, like we need to follow the science on that one. Like, I mean, the, 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 the measures are being implemented at farm level, but the experts in, in Chagas and Agricultural Catsmith Programme will show that there's a lag period between the implementing, implementation of a measure and results being seen. Are you saying that hopefully by 2025 some of the results will have come through? Well, I think they're already coming through. Like We're not being given time. I mean, you know, there's, there's a raft, the amount of new measures that have come in in the last two or three years. Um, you know, they're going to take time to work. Uh, we believe they will work. Um, but, I mean, we also need to look at, like, everybody's focused on destocking cow numbers, like, but, and they say it's under the measure of water quality, but when Chagas do the modelling, they say the effect of destocking cows from, from gra- grassland is, is a minimal effect on water quality. There, there may be better measures that, that will have, deliver better results than getting rid of the cows. Congratulations again, good luck with the job. Thank you very much. Dennis Drennan at home in Kilkenny there. Still with me, Pat O'Toole of the Farmer's Journal. Dennis Drennan's a man who has appeared at his predecessor, Pat McCormick's side uh, for quite a long time now. Is he the continuity Pat McCormick candidate? More of the same? I, I don't think so. He's a very different approach. Um, it, I'm actually going down to interview Pat, his his out interview, I suppose, the opposite mm-hmm. of what, what you've done there uh, this morning. Um, but I think that... Um, Pat was a very effective representative for farmers. He was very coherent in in his arguments. But the go- I think the goalposts have moved and it's not J.P. McManus who sponsored him because up till <laughs> now, the uh, IFA's approach and the ICMSA's approach in terms of the derogation, which is a crucial pivotal issue around environmental, even though 122,000 farmers are not in derogation, only about 8,000 farmers are in derogation. But uh, the, uh, the, the aim has been to oppose any change. and. Uh, 
that had proven effective until last year and then change came. So we have the changes that were announced in July and are being implemented in January. So the strategy of oppose all change no longer works. So you, what are they going to pivot to? Well, you and I were in the room when the EU commissioner, Sinkovinkius, told Ireland, told Irish farmers, look, you've wasted the last two years of your transition, the nitrates derogation. Um, was that a wake up call within farming, do you think, that there's, there's a, a new sheriff in town? Yes, but also this year has been a wake-up call. The weather has been appalling um, and farmers were scrambling to empty tanks before the winter and the, there was there's an extra two weeks of uh, a closed period this winter. There's also a ban now uh, in December on the spreading of dirty water, which means extra water has to be collected and there's real pressure in farmyards this winter and I think that's also a reality that we had some benevolent weather, we had uh, very short winters for a couple of years and we had really good results in terms of nitrates but I'd be really fearful for the results this year because of the challenges for farmers um, in effectively managing uh, their nutrients. You um, heard Dennis Drennan saying there that I don't know if it's his sole strategy but that his main approach was going to be to sit back and wait for the better results to come through. Is that really only a kind of a crossing your fingers tactic? We'll hope for the best, yeah. It's a passive approach. So um, I, I think that we we need a broader conversation and not just about the derogation. We can't become obsessed about the derogation to the exclusion of all other issues. There's massive challenges for farming to pivot towards the demands being made of it towards 2030 and beyond. We sat here at the start of the year and we were looking forward to 2023 and uh, we heard a, a vision um, of what Ireland might look like in 2050. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, we need short term issues. There, there's, I, I believe there's progress I'm hearing this morning uh, on the way up that uh, officials from the Department of Agriculture have brokered a deal between the renderers and the nacaries, which will you know, take some huge pressure off farmyards where animals have, have died and they need to be removed to the nacaries. Uh, under instruction mm-hmm. from the minister, there's some kind of deal in which place is, which that is will good break news, today. But it does distract from that longer term vision of what Ireland's farming community is going to have to look like in 2050. Well, well I suppose we, we've got the short term issues, we've got the medium term issues like the next derogation in 2026, the cap in 2030 mm-hmm. but we need a long term vision and I think that that's the challenge for Francie Gorman and Dennis Drennan over the next 3-4 years. Can they they and others create a blueprint for farming for the where we're going to be in 2050 and how we get there. Pat O'Toole from the Farmers Journal, thank you very much for coming in to us and a happy Christmas to you.